Hey, folks, welcome to another edition and episode of There's Just Something About Kansas City, where we uh, have a conversation about the people, places, and things that make this such a great hidden gem. Although this guy sitting right across me right now is doing his best to make it not so quite a hidden gem. The <laughs> president and CEO of Union Station, George Guastello. And George, your building, your edifice, your historic, beautiful building has been front and center now since 2015 in a World Series. And then a couple of Super Bowl parades. We just had the NFL draft. The, the soccer's coming, okay, World Cup. I mean, your building has been front and center to show everybody around the country. I even have my nasty East Coast buddies call me and go, okay, your city looks okay. All right, we, we'll we give you a little concession here. and uh, But welcome. Thanks for spending some time with us today. It is so fun to be here with you. You know, we, we go back so many years. Oh, yeah. And uh, you've had a chance to watch Kansas City grow. And you've watched Kansas City change, and it's kind of fun to watch where what where we were and where we are today. And 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 I think the perfect example of it is Union Station. It's become the visual voice of Kansas City. Think about all those years we worked so hard oh. to get by state passed, mm-hmm. and then all the challenges that it had. And now what? Yeah. The NFL draft uh, fifty four million watched us and said. Hey, Kansas City, it's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, so. they used to see an arrowhead on Sundays. Right. Okay, and they're just going, okay, well, that looks like that might be a little fun trip, but what else is there to do in Kansas City? Right. Well, there's a lot to do here, that's for sure. But before we start talking yeah. about Union Station, a little bit of the past history yeah. and where we are and the whole thing, you, you are a native Kansas Cityan, correct? God, I've been here 63 years. Gosh, that's mm-hmm. that's amazing. Amazing what Botox can yeah. do. Yeah. Right? <laughs> You look pretty good for yeah, 60. Not bad. Yeah, well, you're in Pawtucket here. Yeah, there. right. I, I got you. So you were born, what part of town were you uh, You born and raised in? You know, I, I lived in Kansas City. I was born in Kansas City. My, my mom and dad, um, my dad was a pharmacist here and uh, started his business in 1937. Okay. Wow. So, so I was I was born on 5th and Gellis, uh, which is down in the old um, yes. uh, Columbus Park. And then uh, grew up in uh, in uh, South Kansas City. Went to Rockers and uh, stayed at UMKC and did my undergraduate and graduate. And then started Gosh, at Commerce you, Bank. So I've been here you, my entire you life. You never left. I never left. I'm trying I to get these people who have smart. left and then decided to come back. You you never you never, never hesitated. It was did you? just good enough. Yeah, it was. You there's know, just something about Kansas there City. Was wasn't something there? about <laughs> it, and um, it was fun. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, from Brockhurst, of course, you probably had some decisions to make about college. Why did you stay and go to UMKC? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, um, uh, actually, uh, my entire family went there, including my dad, who was the oldest living pharmacist from the Kansas City Pharmacy School in 1937. Wow. Uh, but um, I, I'm a... Uh, a lucky child. My parents were much older. Um, I was very fortunate, but I think dad and mom were somewhere around 47 when they had, had wow. me. So they opened up the Bible and they went, oh, <laughs> she did it at 107, so it's okay. So the possibility of me counting with my left foot was pretty significant. Um, so I was kind of a, had a great opportunity, great family, but when you're the baby, that I think there's only 25 years between my oldest brother oh my and myself. Gosh. And so he also tells the story. Hey, I went to the hospital and the nurse said, is that your son? And he said, no, it, it's my brother. Now, it's probably old Italian. I'm sure I'm my brother's son. You know, it's, it's like succession. There's a story there somewhere. He could somewhere. have been your dad. It, it, well, he is my dad. He's 84 now. I saw him this weekend. I said, how you doing? I said, you're doing okay, buddy. I love you. So, yeah. So, you know, I got the great opportunity to, you know. Wow, to be what with kind my of family. dynamic was that? Out 
of control. I, I can't. Yeah, I had two and, older brothers and an older sister, so it's like having two, three fathers and another mother. So we were a great old Italian family, you know? So we lived here and life is good. So the, the, the amazing part for me is like people get like that and they'll have a, they'll have a, a child maybe five or six years younger yeah. than the next oldest. Mm-hmm. And they'll go, uh, we didn't care anymore. We're so tired. We're, we're done. I can't imagine your mother and father having you at that age and then going. Well, they had well, worried about everybody else. And so when they got to me and said, here, have a cigarette and some whiskey. And that was eight years old. So God love them. But dad, dad, uh, dad's life cut short. He died at 102. Oh my uh, yeah. God! Uh, yeah, he wanted to live 105. He was really pissed. Um, so, but he was there for the hundredth anniversary of Union Station. He goes, "I was here." I said, "No, Dad." He says, "Yeah, no, 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 no. I was there." I, you know, I said, yeah. "Dad, you weren't you weren't born yet." He said, "Well, uh, I was conceived. It was close. It was close. It was he close, was conceived, yeah. but he thought it was his. Yeah. So it was great. Oh, so I'm, I'm sure he did. Yeah, I'm sure it was, he did. It was yeah. fun to let him see that. And so, just uh, everybody can't. Did they all stay? Everybody close? stayed. Everybody yeah. stayed. Yeah. It's like you know, don't. Don't 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 go fly fly here, which is great. They had believed in education; it was wonderful. And what better what better place to live? Oh yeah, exactly. You know, growing up there, and you've been here for that period of time. I've been here since 1981, and several opportunities to leave town at that point. And you just you start to weigh your options. Just go, you know, I could go. I could have gone back to my old hometown of Pittsburgh, and or Philadelphia, where I went to school. But you know, as as all my buddies told me, in three years they're going to hate you. Okay, so just, you know, I no. think you're in a great place. You, hmm. uh, in Kansas City, except in myself and my family, and that was the biggest yeah. That was the biggest thing for me. So it's you a just, community, right? Yeah, it is. It really is. It's more of a small town than it is a big city. It is. Everybody yeah. knows everybody. Everybody knows every business. And you and I have had the opportunity to see every major newscaster grow old. I mean, Phil Witt's no more 12 years old. Yeah, I know. Right? I mean, Gosh, you know, we always look so good, trouble. you know? But he still looks great. Yeah. But he started at 12. Yeah, he And did. Larry Moore's still alive. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, Pearson. Oh, and Pearson, they're all here. here yeah right we've absolutely. seen it all I and mean, they're all still here they're all still here and they're all alive and you know that's the that's the interesting part it's all about connections in kansas city and it's not back connections it's just knowing who people are what they've done who are their families and build on that relationship and build on trust and i think that's what makes kansas city so unique yeah and know, I'm, I'm sure you see this as well just not only with yourself but you know with your siblings and your kids or whatever that my kids have such great relationships with the kids they grew up with, right. and they are they are never going to leave. No. And I think that is part of the reason. You know, I couldn't wait to get out of town, okay, mm-hmm. for several reasons, but we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but <laughs> I couldn't wait to get out of there. Yeah. But the well, we're going to change the subject. I had to, to leave, else. but the uh, but deal is that the that 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 is it too. Yeah. I, I just spent a week with a bunch of my friends that I grew up with in Pittsburgh and back at school that I play football with and the whole deal. And we just talk about it. And they always ask me, they always go, what, how come you never left? How come you never came back here? And I said, well, there's just something about Kansas city. So yeah. yeah. Once in Pittsburgh, never more. Yeah. 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 That's I've been there once in year. Philly. Right. Oh, yeah. for Philly. Cynical. I mean, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> cheese steaks aren't that good N- to no. stay there for your entire life. Yeah. And don't ever okay. stay up to the middle of the night at two o'clock in the morning and go get those pretzels. No, no. I did that once, but I'm still here. That's right. You're right. exactly right. Let's talk a little bit about Union Station. Yeah. Let's go back over the history a little bit. I think that people maybe miss out. They see the building. They've heard about the bullet holes, which we'll talk about, of course. But I don't think a whole lot of people realize it wasn't there. The begin. The first Union Station was not there. The first, and it wasn't, I don't even know, it was called Union Depot. 
and it was down in the West Bottoms. And that's where they offloaded the cattle and the, you know, the freight was getting offloaded there and the passenger uh, service started there. And that was in the 1840s or 50s. It was amazing. Yeah. The, the old Union Depot was down at the American Royal area when you and I worked together all those years with the yeah, American, American Royal, Royal to do the barbecue. But um, that's where the original Union Depot was. You've done your homework very well. But when you think about Kansas City, um, you know, we were a cattle town. Mm -hmm. Livestock, that's where it all came out, down from the West Bottoms. And that's where the depot was, Union Depot at the time, what it was called. And you can go down and find a, a – but, you know, everything in Kansas City is tied to water. It's tied to the flood. Yes. And you can never right. control them. Right. right. You can never control <laughs> the flood. And uh, the, the, the Missouri River, and it flooded in 1903, destroyed it. So then the city had to come together and make a decision on where in the heck to put this train station. And there was a lot of behind-the-scenes working. No, that there. would never happen here. Yeah. And there's a great 100-year-old <laughs> story uh, history exhibition at Union Station. It's free, and you kind of learn about it. So you can learn about that, and then you learn about what made Kansas City. And at the time, it was all in the cattle industry, and it was all on freight, right? So the, the cattle were sold in Missouri and then shipped across that bridge that's now going to be renovated right. to Kansas, which was a free state, and that's where the back packing plants were. So that's all what happened, and all the money came in, and all the information, all the major economic development was at that time. Then the 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 the, the flood came, destroyed yeah. it, and they had to make a decision on where they needed to go. So when they did it, um, the rail twelve railroad companies came together, uh, and they created Union Station out of a union because at the time most of them you know they had the santa fe station or right, the burlington right. northern station they all came together and owned this edifice right it's eight hundred fifty thousand square feet 17 acres more acreage at that time it was at a time the second the third largest operating train station in the united states when it was built and i want you to think about this there were 150,000 people living in kansas city at the time Okay, very yeah. tiny. And they said, we're going to build this thing. We're going to economically input. And when you think about it, it cost about $5 million to build. In those days. In five years. So when you take it back, and then they had to put another $40 million in lines to get it there. And the guy that built it had never built a station in his life. Jarvis, Jarvis Hunt. Hunt. Guy, you've done a great yeah, job in your yeah, homework. Yeah. I, he probably went to school with them in Philadelphia <laughs> uh, or Pittsburgh. Did. Yeah, um, so 1914. He... <laughs> sure, yeah, absolutely, I did. I know you were right there. You were doing. You <laughs> were doing right. the, 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 the first right. uh, baseball game in lights. That's it. So we'll talk about lights. But he he never did that before. And when you consider what he had to do and how it was built, um, he thought about creating a monument. And his idea was. I'm going to create a monument that's going to be on the front of the city, and the city will grow out south, and the city will be behind it, the big part of it. Right. And today, that's the way it is. And as Union Station go, so goes Kansas City. So he built this magnificent facility, and, and at its time, it had, had a hospital. It had jewelry stores. It had a police station. Monstrous operation. But they paid 150,000 people decided to build that. When you think about what we just built to right. have a new terminal out at the airport, multi-billion dollars. And it's still here. And it changed us forever. It's, we're still the second busiest freight operation. And now we're the second largest operating train station in the United States. Next to... Uh, Indianapolis? No. <laughs> 
New York? Indianapolis. Was that even a city at the time? New York. It, it, well, it's an, a Grand Central Station. Grand Central Station. But do you know how we did that? Because they tore down another train station in New York called Penn Central. And when they tore down Penn Central with that fabulous, beautiful-looking um, uh, Madison Square Garden, yeah. uh, you know, that's it. And they tore down that little piece of information. The, 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 the um, top of the uh, railroad station was these magnificent clocks with a giant um, sculpture. They took them down. We have those in Kansas City. So actually Penn Central is on Gillum Road, which is now the Boy Scouts Fountains. So when you go down there, oh my gosh, that that's is it. the top of the building. And what so there's all this rail history that people really don't need. So we don't know. So they need to walk around and experience it. Yeah. So when you go there and you see that with all the kids' names inscribed, it was brought to Kansas City. And New York wants it back. Well, that ain't going to happen, <laughs> right? It's going to stay right here. What, what, Cindy, you guys didn't want it? We have it. But it was yeah. interesting because that all created the historic preservation, uh, that mo the movement that was created by Jackie Kennedy. Right. And she went and saved Grand Central. And that's what ended up saving Union Station from the wrecking ball. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was amazing that, yeah, that, and all that happened, yeah, later. Uh, when, uh, you know, your, your train travel peaked in 1945, right? And I guess they yeah. had about almost uh, 680,000 people come through there uh, at, at that time. And then by 1974, uh, or by 1973, it was down to like 32,000 from yeah. 600. As soon as the airplane yeah. came to fruition and the passenger airplane, everybody decided to go yeah. fly. Well, there's, there's two things uh, that really affected rail transportation in the United States, which was really one, one president, those from Kansas City, yeah. better known as Harry Truman. Harry Truman. That was his mode of transportation. That was the time, the grand time that more people left Union Station to go to World War II than any place. And we've served every war right. from World War One all the way to Desert Storm. But Truman... Mm -hmm was the guy that loved transportation on rail. But then we had another president come in right after him. Who was that? Uh, Roosevelt, right? No, no, no. I'm it sorry. Before. It's okay. Oh, I'm sorry. He was just before. He, I we, apologize. We're in Kansas. Uh, Eisenhower. That Eisenhower. Exactly yeah. right. So I'm going to question you. So Eisenhower <laughs> came, and he created the interstate highway system. That's right. So two of our presidents had the effect of the creation and or the destruction of, of Union Station. Yeah. So once the interstate highway system came through, Transportation airports, we declined. And, and then we were transporting a significant amount of mail. Uh, if, when you go to Union Station, three stories below ground. So there was a massive tunnel system that created all of the mail system that went all over the world, mm -hmm. all over the United States. And when you think about it, we had – how did we get two Federal Reserves in the state of Missouri? It was because the commerce. Remember at the days when we used to have – Sears, oh, Montgomery yeah. Ward's right. operations. That was it. Was going on, and then we had all that transportation right from Union Station, and then that all collapsed. And then once Amtrak took over um, the mail operations, and then that was over. And then they lost the contract in 1972 or 68, somewhere around there, and completely mm -hmm. annihilated the operation. That was it. Yeah, and the other thing about the Truman thing, and then right. Roosevelt before him and the presidents yep. before that, they used to stump from trains. Right. They had the they had the presidential car at the right. back, and they'd they'd deliver their speeches. They'd go to all the stations right. and the stops across the country, and just stop and do their quick speech, get back on, a locomotive would take off, and go to the next town. And that 
right? That that was eliminated as well. Yeah, so. uh, that was eliminated. And and I think uh, about when Bobby Kennedy died. Yeah. You know, they moved his body via train. Yeah. And uh, you know that was all the strategy. It, it, it was a moment in time that really um, is a day gone by. Yeah. And we lost it all. Yeah. And before we get to the. Yeah. Deterioration, things started to go go bad. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the Union Station massacre and the bullet holes uh, in 1933. Italian? Just because you're Italian, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, you just are, are you, doing? you hey. might have a little little connection here. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm hey, sure. I'm legit. My family always That's been right. legit. I don't know. As the uh, as how you doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> good. How you's doing? <laughs> how you's doing? How you doing? Yeah. So they're trying to break free Frank Nash and. Uh, they have a shootout there at Union Stations. They're going to transport him out to, I think, Leavenworth, right? Yeah. He was on his way to, uh, to Leavenworth, and they uh, they kill him yeah. in the process. They killed three lawmen as well. Yeah. And I guess that uh, that enabled J. Edgar Hoover to pass his deal where his agents at that time were not armed. Uh, they couldn't carry guns. And as soon as that happened, all the FBI agents then were able yeah. to carry a firearm. But about the bullet holes in Union Station, they're still there. Right. Believe. That's all I'm going to tell you. Okay, you got to believe in the story. You know, Timothy, Everybody put your, say, put your fingers in his, in his hands. <laughs> believe, Timothy. All right, so here's the story. Uh, I wasn't there. But I want you to think about this. Uh, second uh, busiest train station in, in the United States. And a planned attack on American soil. The first terrorist attack. Right. In a public building. Can you imagine going into KCI with guns and starting shooting? Right, to break some guy free right. who's in handcuffs. Right. So that's what happened. And you're right. The um, There was no FBI at the time. They were federal agents. Federal they were not agents, allowed yeah. to carry guns. But there's some interesting stuff. There's some interesting redacted, the favorite story, documents about actually what happened. And, and uh, J. Edgar Hoover utilized that to ensure the federal agents started to carry guns. So he used that whole experience mm-hmm. as a way to get Congress to pass it. So that's a real interesting story. And, and, and it was horrible what individuals lost their lives there, uh, people that took care of us. But when you start to study um, some of the documents, there is there are some books out there that say, in actuality, um, it was the people in the car uh, that killed the FBI agents in the front yeah, they right. because they had a, 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 a gun in the back. That. So it's an interesting story, but another piece of history. And, yes, people believe that there are bullet holes in the granite that have chips in it. But when you study it, the bullet holes from the pictures, the front window blew out from the inside. So there was no glass on the inside. It was only on the outside. So figure that out. And also it was in the middle of the parking lot, way out front. So if the bullet holes did there, but come down, put your finger in the hole and believe. Okay. Sure. I'm not saying yeah. it. You just glossed right over that one. <laughs> yeah, come I did. On, now they all want to come down and see. Of course, yeah. If you're shooting at the building at Frank Nash before he gets on the train, the window would have been imploded the other way. Correct. Okay. Right. So instead of the, it's, 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 it's are there all, bullet holes on the a, inside it's, of Union it's Station? Conspiracy theory <laughs> and come down and experience. This is just. But a, we're telling the story. That's what Union Station's all about. It, it is. We it really we is. preserve the stories uh, of those individuals as well as people that just walked through the building. You know, can you imagine the stories of people leaving? Think about Henry oh. Block. Henry Block's mother left him off at the front door of Union Station, kissed him goodbye, 
and said, see you later. And he went to go defend the United States against the Nazis. Yeah, no, not knowing not if knowing. he'd ever see them again. Ever come all back. those last hugs and right, kisses and right. tears. And all that. All those things through the front of you. And that Station. played through Henry Block's mind. That's why the fountain is there, because yeah. he never wanted to forget that moment. And, you know, so his spirit lives in front of the building. So I think those are the, those are the people in Kansas City that believe and understand the memories and why it's so important to tell those memories. And I think that's why people, we started all this conversation, why people stay here. Because it's those talks, it's those connections. Right. And, and I also think, too, I think that propelled people when it came to, okay, we're not getting any people through here. Amtrak actually, because the building started to deteriorate so bad, had to move out to the AM Shack. They used to go at the AM Shack really outside, I'm right? Impressed. And they wouldn't even go inside because I guess the walls are falling down, the ceiling, yeah. plaster's coming off, and all yeah. thing it became uh, a little dangerous. And then there was the, well, maybe we should tear it down, not even build another Union Station there, just build something else in its place instead of renovating it. So talk about how that all came about in you know, what happened to get uh, that all renovated at that point? Well, you set it up very clearly. It, it became, as I indicated to you, the, the front of our building. It became the visual, the visual voice or what we've become, the visual voice of our community today. But it was also becoming a visual voice of failure. So there was a newspaper uh, at the time uh, called the Kansas City Star. It had a lot of power. And uh, the writer said, uh, until you remove... Union Station from the edifice of the city, you will always be considered a loser, and that's it. Now, he doesn't have a job anymore, and that <laughs> company that's there has an edifice that's got wood all over the glass that yeah, doesn't even produce it anymore. Not to be negative. So in actuality, the people did not want the Henry Blocks and the, just the, the normal men and women's memories to be forgotten. Right. So you're right. The ceiling was collapsing. There was a giant tennis bubble inside the building that you would enter because the ceiling was falling in, and there was only one restaurant. You know the name of the restaurant that was always in operation still there? Was it Pure Ponds? No, no, no. Oh, okay. It would have been the Lobster Pot. Oh, so gosh. what better way to go in, the I town, missed, in uh, Kansas you know, I'm City? I'm getting about a 60 on this example. That's okay. I'm doing all right. No one was living there. So right. when you think about a great lobster in the Midwest, where are you thinking? Union Station. <laughs> but it had the big red door, and, man, you went in there. All you could eat. Don't know where those lobsters came from. They but come from it the Missouri it. River. Right. From, the ceiling's falling and the place is a mess. And yeah, and then finally, uh, civic leaders came together and uh, it was a very long fight. Um, there was a beautiful building behind us from a Canadian company that wanted to take over Union Station uh, and they, they owned it. Uh, and we were going to develop into something like uh, St. Louis, um, that really monument in St. Louis, so their train station right. that went into bankruptcy. But we didn't do that. Uh, and uh, thanks to Mayor Cleaver at the time, Henry Block, and, and uh, Mr. Hall, they all came together and uh, came up with a strategy. And Jack Kraft and Steve Rose put together a one-eighth cent sales tax to save the building. So the building sat dormant for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. I think from at least 88 to 96 before yeah. you passed it. And right. it was dormant even longer than that, but right. that's when you ended up passing the right. by-state, right? That's the by-state tax that, w- that was created. And they came up with they They hired all these ideas and all these people. And the idea was to create a modern science center mm-hmm. um, and then restore Union Station to the quality that it was and I would say to you um, it was uh, the single best 
economic development tool in Kansas City because um, three counties had to pass it. Mm -hmm. But it was a really interesting piece we were talking a little bit earlier about politics. But it never would happen today where there was legislation in the state of Missouri that was passed and the exact same legislation in the state of Kansas were passed. Identical words never would have happened. And then it had to be codified and ratified by the U.S. Congress. Because you're thinking about it, it's going to be taxation without representation. Because on both people, sides on both of state, state line. lines, right? So <laughs> people bad. in Johnson County were paying for this. So, you know, so $117 million was raised. $100 million of private money was raised. And about 20 to $30 million of $50 million in federal. So $265 million was put together at this one time. And when you think about it, they had to pass it. And Jack Kraft at the time, and I was still, I was at the chamber at the time, said it was the best political candidate he ever had to work on because it was absolutely beautiful and it didn't say or open its mouth yes. at any time. And <laughs> did, it passed. Did not have a microphone. Did not have a microphone <laughs> and couldn't speak. So it looked great. So the tax passed in three counties that happened. And uh, then that raised $117 million. And I, and I like to remind people of, of this. Um, it worked um, at the time. Today, well over half a billion dollars of private investments happen around it. But were you here in town when it passed in 1977? Oh, yes. Do you remember, um, do you still have the car that you bought in uh, 1996? I'm not sure if that was my Edsel or... Uh-huh. No, I'm uh-huh. not sure. Uh-huh. You still own your underwear that you bought in <laughs> No, 19- I do no, not. Right, but you know what? You do own Union Station. Yeah. So that, that little sales tax restored the building. Now, that was it. We never received a nickel after that. So Which all, is amazing yeah, in its own right. right. After no that, one yeah. understands that we operate Union Station 24 hours a day, seven days a week on earned income, right. not on tax dollars. Right. And uh, so it's a unique thing. But it worked. So I would say to you it was the best economic development tool in the history of Kansas City for $117 million for people in Kansas and Missouri to save that building, make it look beautiful. And then all that caused tons of private investment over the years then there was no sprint center that right. caused the downtown redevelopment there was no liberty memorial right there was no um irs uh, irs uh, there was no uh, federal reserve so best economic development tool the worst business model in the world <laughs> because they said you know we're going to do this and a science center is going to be able to raise enough money to pay for the operation so mm-hmm. that that dog didn't hunt no. so we went through about 10 years of some really challenging times um, i wasn't there five presidents in and out and uh, then we developed the strategy and that's where we are today okay so when you came up through <coughs> your career yeah as were you Looking for something like this to be the president and CEO of was this like something like I know how people start out in their careers and they they're doing this that and the other thing and all of a sudden this opportunity mm-hmm. arises from all the other things that we've done in our past. Did it ever cross your mind that you would end up being the president and CEO of Union no. Station? No. I, I, um, you know, I was going through the farm system, so you know <laughs> I, I spent ten years of my life. Well, I spent early part of my life working as a commercial lender and a banker. So I understood right. that side of it. And then I decided that I wanted to do something back to give back to the community and do be a civic entrepreneur. So I started at the chamber. And so I was working at the Greater Kansas City Chamber when we passed this by state. 
Um, so and I was doing entrepreneurial stuff. So that gave me my political background and my understanding of, of civic community. Mm-hmm. Then I went to Starlight and built right. the new Starlight Theater. Right. So that gave me the entertainment side. Uh, so any organization I went to was either 50 years and older. And then I went down to the American Royal, so I learned more about I don't know what I learned there about barbecue and operations. Uh, how to party. How to party. Yes, how to party. And, and how to ride on a horse <laughs> every exactly. night into a rodeo. That's right. uh, so, you know, that's the background I needed to run, sure. the, to run the station. But no, I, you know, so I knew people. Uh, I had uh, a good track record. And um, it was um, 2008. And the station had really, um, really become challenged. Uh, they were had blown through about twenty million dollars of their endowment. They had no endowment. They were ten million dollars in debt. Uh, they were borrowing to pay for uh, for for payroll. So at that point, you're looking at it could it could go away again. It, it, it was the same one thing step that happened before could end up you know revisiting right. itself and happening right. again. It, History it, could repeat itself. Right. It was one step. To bankruptcy, bankruptcy was not an option because it's enough for profit. So you're not going to have to reiterate to get tax dollars. Right. I mean, to to get a tax benefit. Um, so at the time, um, I was um, here in Kansas City, and and uh, 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 Bob Rainier, uh one of the history guys, uh, that had been a great supporter of mine, and Lee Darrow, uh, who was a very dear friend of mine, and gave me my career at World of Worlds of Fun when I did stand up comedy. And uh, picked up the phone and said, uh, hey, um, we're looking. And I said, well, I- I'm interviewing to be the head of the um, – um, was I interviewing? It was the Lawrence Chamber of Commerce. And I was just getting back into – my mom had passed away and mm-hmm. I had taken a year off. So I was heading to Lawrence and I got this phone call after the interview and I was driving back and I went, oh, Lawrence is not for me. Uh, but <laughs> and, he's, and then Lee said, we have this opportunity. Uh, and I said, oh, really? I said, hey, I'm – just getting ready to pull into my rehab uh, situation because of the drug problems that I had. Because uh, only somebody that had to be on intravenous drug use would have taken a job. Oh, sure. $20 million, you're in debt. No problem. I'll be able to come fix it. Uh, and then the dearest friend of mine was uh, was Mike Haverty, and who ran the Kansas City Southern and uh, had been a great supporter of myself at, uh, at, the, at the American Royal. And, and a railroad man. And a railroad man. A heart and soul. And yeah. he did not want his station to go under on his watch. And he was the chairman. And wow. he said, would you, would, you, would you consider this? And uh, I spent about three, four months looking at it. And then in 2008, uh, I said yes. Yeah, you thought those oh, things are going to work, or I'm going back to stand-up comics. Right, I'm going to say, you can't get any worse, right? And so somebody said, why'd you take it? I said, well, you know, what's going to happen? I yeah, mean, right. I can't go any farther. I mean, you know. They, I'm they, just you know, coming out of drug rehab. I'm just coming out of drug rehab. And why I, you know, that's why not. So it's like, oh, God, I hope nobody's on there listening to me thinking I'm on drug rehab. I was never on drug no, rehab. Yes, that's I was just really stupid to take the job. It actually was the best decision in my life because it couldn't go anywhere else. But had a great board. And so we set up a plan to turn the station around. And so when you first went in that first board meeting and were you just getting ideas or did people have ideas? Did you have all the ideas? Who, who had the ideas of, you know, the planetarium and the stage and the cinema and now the restaurants that we don't have a lobster yeah. pot anymore, we got Pierpont's. And whose idea was, we're going to put this all back in here or you know, either, you know, yeah. well, they redevelop were, they were there. this station. Well, it was um, urban renewal. We knew what we needed. We had all these pieces, but right. none of them were, they were just losing tons of money. Right. So you need to just step back. So we stepped back. And I remember sitting into in Bob Rainier's office with, with, uh, with Mike Haverty, and they said, 
this can be really something special. And I said, yeah. Uh, and they said, here, this is a, bl a blank piece of paper. Wow. Now just create it and come up with a strategy and structure. And the first structure was we had to, it was really difficult. We had to, to, to refocus everything. And we had nearly 350 employees when we opened. Wow. Yeah. So you can imagine the cash roll. And so I had to make some really yeah, difficult decisions. Yeah. decisions and uh, had to make some serious cuts. We are, there's only 50 of us now that wow. run that place and the most well-renowned science center. Science City was a challenge. It didn't have any investment. So we started looking at it and some of the pieces, as you say, well, how did you prepare for that? Some of the pieces made some sense. So I'd worked at the chamber for a long time and uh, 10 years and I heard that they were looking to move. So I said, well, wait a minute, we've got about 150,000 square feet of empty space. We got a $1.5 million electric utility bill. Okay, now how in the world are we going to pay for this? And no one's going to give you any money, right? Well, oh, nobody, why, would, huh? why would they give you any money? Because you already took you already the money. You already squandered it. And you squandered mm -hmm. it. And so my reputation was, hey, uh, you know, we'll fix this on our own. And when it's time, we'll come back to you. And that's what's happened. So we developed this strategy of saying, what is the most beautiful building in Kansas City, and would you want to have your icon there? And that started the process. So we started, and we were able to land the Greater Kansas City Chamber, then the Kansas City Area Development Council, and those strategies were there to bring the right people into the station. Exactly. And what I mean by that, yeah. they could see it. And they were going to help you anyway, because now it's the Kansas City Chamber, and what are they doing? They're promoting Kansas City. So what better place to be than in Union right. Station in our building? Right. This is perfect. Right. Yeah. And, it, and exactly. it goes back to our days as, you know, understanding the media. The biggest issue was you need to earn media presence. So the real question that we had to do was to get the name out that it wasn't a failure. So think about this. Every time the chamber had an event, congressman, anyway, it was always XYZ at the Chamber of Commerce at Union Station. Exactly. So that happened. Then we went and hired, and then we went and got the election board so that every time there was an election, we're going live from... Right. We have to go into Union Station to do the people. number. So media and, started building. And where do you do live shot? Outside in uh, front of the building. All the time. <laughs> so that because how'd you do that? It's yeah. really simple. And then, you know, the, the media starts having challenges. So we became the opportunity to say, hey, we got this story, we got that story, social mm -hmm. media. So that started to build it. And then we knew if we got that organized. And then we had to look at the diff 10 different business units that we had. And one of those was the issue of the, of the Science City. So we had to reimburse that. A consultant told us we need to close it down, rebrand it, and put $30 million into it. We said, that's not going to happen. So we created an opportunity and went to reimagine Science City to focus on STEM education in the five areas and made it fun. And um, and thanks to Burns and McDonald, they came and saw this at the time. Right. And Greg Graves and, and Ray Kowalik said, okay, this is what we're going to do, and we're going to invest. So we always want to run the organization on, um, you know, who are our customers, what do they want, when do they want it, where do they want it, and what cost. If we answer those questions every time, we're successful. So the leasing is working, and then we started moving to fix the Science Center, and Burns and McDonald came in and said, okay, we want to create this battle of the brains. So we went to our customers, which are kids. Yeah. And we said, hey, would Perfect. you create the next exhibition in Science City? And it became a competition. And the Burns and McDonald's said, if you win, we will build that million-dollar idea. And then it became an Olympics. And 800 students, uh, schools now vie for that. Yes. And that's how that happened. So Science City started to grow. And then the big part of it was we had a 20,000-square-foot touring exhibition space. And we built the model on reducing expenditures – 
everywhere we could. And I would sign, when I first got there, I approved every check. I looked at every check and I signed every check. So it was that type. And yeah. they walked through toilet paper orders, you name it. It was on You're the You're a bean counter at that point, right? I was a bean <laughs> counter, but watching what was going on. I so got you, so sure. we did that. And um, we then said, okay, if we run our business uh, on zero based budgeting, that'll be okay. And then we looked at touring exhibitions and we did a dyno exhibit. Right immediately we got there, made a significant amount of money. And then we said, okay, no matter what happens in the touring exhibitions, we would not budget for it. If it was successful, we'd take all that money and put it back in the building. If it wasn't a loss, we were not going to be hurt. So uh, lo and behold, uh, found an exhibition called Diana. Yep. And it was during the, uh, a lot of just lucky stuff. And we put uh, Diana up. Well, well-planned luck. It okay, was so well-planned. We knew that the son was going to get married, but we <laughs> didn't realize that everybody was going to love about it. That's right. So we had 103,000, well, actually, 100, uh, 102,999 women and one man that came <laughs> to this exhibition, okay? <laughs> And, was that guy you? Oh, yeah. Well, I was right there crying with him. Oh, he sewed that dress. Oh, beautiful. Okay. So it went out of control, and we used the media for that. And so the son got married, and we came up with ideas such as, okay, if you're here, the people's princess in the people's house to get publicity, we said, okay, on the day of the wedding, uh, we will open up at midnight, and you can come see the exhibition for free till 5 o'clock. But then at 5 o'clock, we've got to stop because we almost watched the wedding and respect her, and she was watching over it. So oh, we gosh. did that. And on that day, we had 4,550 people. Oh, uh, Oprah wanted the dress. We leaked it that said, no, you can't have it. <laughs> yeah, so we said no to Oprah. We said no to Oprah. I said, how can the people's house and the people's princess give it to you? Yeah. So that worked, and, and the rest is history, and we just used that media. You know, yeah. uh, The Today Show went live. So it's just all that process, and that started working quite well. And it did very well. And then we were able to get Titanic. And then we were able to get King Tut. And it built our international reputation. Yes. All those successes. Dead Sea Scrolls. Dead sea scroll, mm-hmm. All of that went into the operation, the organization to restore the building and maintain it. Yeah. So we were never going out and asking for anybody's money. And and we didn't go out to any of the taxpayers and say, hey, this is your place. And they started to get brought. And then that started working. And we put the lights up on the building, which yeah. was a shtick, which was... Um, for the um, All-Star Award, uh, All-Star Game. And we knew right. that the blimp would fly over Kansas oh, yeah. City, and we said, I want to be on that. We want to be that shot. And we would go, oh, look at that. So we went to a, a gentleman by the name of Benny Lee uh, four weeks before, and we said, Benny, you create LED lights. <clears throat> you donate these LED lights, and I promise you, you're going to be all over the world on every television station, and it'll be in your brochure. Yeah. And then he gave us the the blue light, uh, gave us the LED lights. We installed them. And what happened? For the game, we lit it up blue. We were all over. And that started That started the process. everything. Everything. Now we're lighting for everything and unique stuff. And then, then came the Royals. Yeah. Right? The, yeah. So we were out of financial trouble. We have no debt now. We owe no one. And we're cash flowing on our own. And um, then we put in this little thing called a preservation fund. Uh, tax, uh, preservation fee. So when you come to Union Station, every every uh, exhibit that you pay, you don't pay any taxes. 10% of that is additional. All of that money 
goes into a reserve account that helps us maintain the building. Maintain the building, yeah, which so was really So parking, and that's yeah. it. And yeah. then now people look at it and they go, oh, wow. So, right, uh, so when when things happen, the community, everybody looks to Union Station now for a statement. Yeah. So when it, 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 it was very lucky, but it's all, it's well, all showmanship. And some of it was the uh, emergence of these teams that we have here, the roles in right. 14 and 15, right. okay, they win the world. And then you turn around, the Chiefs all of a sudden go crazy. crazy. Got Patrick Mahomes go crazy, two Super Bowl parades. Right. That inspires not only Arrowhead Stadium being seen on national television when it is seen right. for all these games, the big games on Thursday night and, and where are they? Monday night and Sunday night, they're all in Kansas City. And then the next thing you know, they win two Super Bowls and they have this parade in front of this building that's all red and lit right. up. Right. And they have... 300,000 people sitting out there. And you gave me an interesting fact about the uh, about the draft and then the NFL draft. How how did you go from – and I know it was a slam dunk that if they're going to have these parades, they're going to come down the way they come. No, yeah, it wasn't. Or, trust me. And, uh, it, it I wasn't fought a slam really dunk? hard. No, it was going to go to the it? Sprint Center and and, uh, stop? A, a, and, and the Power and Light. Oh. oh and don't ever put uh, this poor Italian up there. He went and made sure it got – oh, you can't do that. It had, but it all tied to the strategy. I always wanted to be a newscaster, so yeah. – no, you always producer. want to be a stand-up comedian. Right, and, and a stand-up, and, and, right, and, and this is, I'm sure everybody's not standing up. They're getting <laughs> off their, their computers listening to this. I don't but think But you're so. right, it, it's all about that. But remember, we knew that when they came over to film the Chiefs games, they had to do other stuff. So we'd always watch and say, okay, yeah. they're going to go into the community. Boom, Christmas tree there. There's That's the Christmas right. tree during the time, during the games. That gets us free publicity, right? That helps us perfect build our crew. Right. And, and the shot. red building. And then all of that is done to create excitement and to build our brand. Right. And to build the city's brand. So we would use that. For example, when, when Notre Dame uh, burnt, Burn. we lit the building the color of the French flag. Why? Because I wanted to be just like the Eiffel Tower or just like... That's right. how we did it. So we started to build that and build it into structure. Every new station has Union Station on the back now. Yeah. Everybody's so if you watch the Mahomes quarterback one last night, yeah, the whole piece has got the front of Union Station with the flags and the building on there. Right, that's our idea. Okay, <laughs> it's, 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 and it's number one on Netflix. Right, it's number <laughs> it, it, not that, but I mean the picture of the building is our idea. It's it's just oh, making it absolutely. iconic. Yeah. And so yes, the Royals took us off to a whole new level. And that was a scary and, time. And once you won that battle to have that parade mm -hmm. uh in in, in fifteen and mm -hmm. with Union Station involved or being the, the backdrop for everything that was happening, then was that battle won for the next two championships with the Chiefs? So that was already one. We have this parade route. The police know where to go. We know where to put the barriers right. up. We know where the people are coming from. We right. know what to do and the whole thing. So it was, right. and it it was, was scary. slam dunk. It was, it was, it was scary, and uh, I, have, yeah. I have the biggest respect and a dear friend, Kathy Nelson. So we worked oh. interactively yeah. together to on Kathy. that strategy. And mm -hmm. she's just the best. And uh, we, we're good friends. I'll text her and say, hey, this is what's going on. And she's doing a wonderful job. And um, so I was very fortunate to go down to, to pitch for the NFL draft with her. But that, that was a strategy. But also, we said, sure, we said yes to everything. 
when you have to say no, it means no. But right. we say yes. Oh, we're going to do that? Sure, come bring them on down. And I can tell you the day that we did this parade, God love Kathy and uh, uh, O'Neill, and they're dealing with all the other stuff, and we're here at our place. And uh, we had no idea what was going to hit us. We had the security ready to go. But it started to roll. We lost cell phones. We lost landlines. And I'm in this place, and it's packed, and I'm freaking out. But no one was, you know, it was a different thing. It was a Royals experience. It, it was, was a family. A, it was a celebration. It was. It was the kids were it there. And there. The whole thing. That, and it, it that's was, a whole difference. And it was so joyful. Mm-hmm. So we did this, and, and I was telling the marketing, um, our chief marketing officer, Michael Trudeau, I said, okay, we got to monetize this. They're not paying for any of this. You know, we got 50 people. We got to figure this out. But it was all designed to get it right there, right? Sure. Because that's if, if, you're, if you're a collaborator and you want to support, in the end, it's going to benefit you. So we did this thing, and uh, we had a gentleman by the name of Roy Edmond, and everybody's taking pictures of the building. And uh, we put them on the top of the roof. On that day, I, I climbed at the very top of the peak of the roof and looked down, and I went, oh, my God, what's going to happen? This is the most exciting thing. And remind you, we were getting ready to do our 100th anniversary. Right. So we were building that. So Roy took this picture from the top of the building, which then became the Sea of Blue. Right. Okay, we did that. And um, um, Kelly, uh, Kelly, um, oh, I'm trying to think of it. Uh, Kelly, got the, the radio station guy. Um, it'll come back. But Kelly Yurk. Uh, Kelly Yurk. Kelly Yurk is a dear friend. <laughs> so I, he, I said, Kelly, I got this picture. And I said, he said, what do you think? He said, well, let me see if I can pitch it. So we pitch it. We sold 2,000 of them mm-hmm. on that day. The panoramic, The panoramic right, right. of blue. Because you can frame and put up on the wall. Uh, which we yeah. did, right? <laughs> sure. And it went ballistic. We sold 20,000 of those Wow. at $22. Not asking anybody for money, and it went crazy. So that led us into the Chiefs posters. So we did the Chiefs posters. We did the KU posters. So we're now turning that into operations. We have an ability to press it and go online. Yeah, and uh, I can tell you the first Chiefs parade, everybody was trying to do it. They were trying to get into buildings. We stopped it, so we had the control of it, and that helped us make that. And that started something that causes a memory, oh, and yes. everybody wants it, and they circle it. And I was there at the, at the Royals parade with my dad. I was right in there somewhere. I was right with in my that son, spot. Yeah. with my daughter, and uh-huh. they never forgot it. It's just like Henry Block saying, "My mom left it off there." Yeah. So the memory started to grow. And that, that's all it is. It may sound opportunistic. It may sound entrepreneurial, but I'm not walking and asking people for tax dollars. Yeah, right. We're doing it on our own, and they have that picture. And it becomes a moment, and it's just taken off. Christmas has become crazy. 188,000 people came down last year for selfies. And we weren't hurt by COVID. We became right. the icon during covid to bring everybody together. That's where all the civic leaders came, all the mayors came to close the city. Wow. At one historic moment, it was the place that we reopened. So it means something. And yeah. we have an amazing team that understands those memories. And we have to create those all the time. And then we fast forward to the draft, the NFL mm-hmm. draft. How, how difficult was that to land for? I know Kathy Nelson worked on it uh, a yeah. big, but you were front and center Told yeah. you, my friends back east call me. I'm like, wow, right. that place. All, all, all the lights changed for every different team. You had to, you even had the Raiders up right. there. And I said, yeah. I said that was, that's our town. That's our city. Show business. Yeah. Kathy Nelson is the greatest um, ability to sell and to create and work behind the scenes. Uh, and 
we said yes to everything with the NFL draft. We saw it as what it really was, a television show. Yeah. Right? You got to remember, who owns it? Disney. Okay. <laughs> Where ES- are they making their money? Right. ESPN. <laughs> right. ABC, highest rated show on a Thursday night, advertising revenue. Yeah. Okay. And then that, if you understand that, and you understand how to play, to engage in the media, well, that's going to help me in the future with future exhibitions. Right. So what do I have now? I've got Spider-Man. Who owns <laughs> Spider-Man? Disney. Disney. Right? And there it is. And if they're happy, and we said yes to everything, we knew it was going to be a television show, or at least I thought it was going to be a television mm-hmm. show, and Kathy Nelson knew it was going to be monstrous for her to build international reputation. So we said yes to the NFL for everything, but you got to be able to think quickly on your feet. So, look, they understand what they're doing, and they have billions of dollars to make their brands and their sponsors mm-hmm. happy. Your job is to tag along. And enhance find, it any and, way you and, can. Right, and make it unique. So mm-hmm. we said yes to everything, and a great uh, chief financial officer who spent an entire year on this, um, Nail Yule. Nail did all of this and said yes to everything, except when we said no, we said no. So the last piece, and people said, Man, they, this is what they do. I said, they're multi-billion dollar corporations. They understand it. If you don't learn from them, why do you think you're smarter? You have an active idea of what's happening in Kansas City and our niche market, but learn from them. So they came up with one last idea because all I could see when we did this was I wanted them, I wanted the players to come out of the building. Mm-hmm. Historic windows. Yep. We had already have the it. guy opening right. the door for him. Histor- and holding I'll tell you a story about yeah. that one. So you had the historic windows. Well, we did a 100th anniversary show where we augmentedly digitally projected on our building. We did the 100 years of Union Station on Union Station. We had that forever. It won an Emmy. So we showed that to them and said, can you imagine this projected in the windows and all this stuff? And can you imagine them walking out to the Henry Block Fountain and take off and shoot? And yeah. they say, oh, this is a great idea. And then they can start coming back. And like, They'll be soaking wet. That's ah, okay. It's a great suit. <laughs> but they came with the idea. So they said yes to everything. We said yes to everything. So it was the last minute. You know, I'll tell you the story about the brass stores and the hold the doors. We said, can you imagine the same floors that the presidents walked on will be the same floors that these guys and their wow. mom and dad hug each other on the floor. It's history. So they came through and said, okay, well, out the front door, they said, you know, um, we want to take the historic bronze doors off and so they could just walk out. And I said, you know, absolutely. I said, but it's historic preservation. We can't do that. It costs us $40,000 a year to hand polish those every year to keep up with the historic preservation. Just can't do it. So they started thinking about it and said, well, what if this is a train station? What if we dressed up porters right. to hold the doors for them? The red cats. They, they love it. Oh, it's a great idea. Okay. <laughs> now you got to spin it or you got to engage it. So the story was who were those people? They were our science educators. Oh, those were wow. people on the floor. So Neil came up with the idea. We dressed them up and they opened the door. So then the backstory was. Teachers hold the door for their students. Wow. So it's again, it's media. You spin it. And we knew every television station needed stories. So we would work with every single television station to give them a unique story behind the scenes so everybody benefited instead of one. And that's that's how the door happened. And those people are all over 
54 million people watching us, watching them do that. Yeah, it, it was it was unbelievable. And you're talking about TV stations. The only draft choice they cared about were the Chiefs. Okay, right. I mean, they didn't, I don't care who number one was or number 12 was. I'm I'm worried about the Chiefs going to trade their draft choice or what are they right. going to do? So all the other stories that they have to build up to mm-hmm. to make it a one-hour special, whatever, they had to do all the backstories. And those backstories weren't the other teams in the NFL. No. Those backstories were what we were doing in this city. Exactly. To do it. And that's yeah. what we did. And we gave the NFL and ESPN all those backstories so that they could do the yeah. stories. Everything was done because they're thin on staff. So we're doing that story for behind. I hate to tell people this because now all my competition is going to know how we do it. Sure. But uh, but we've been doing it for 15 years. So go I, ahead. I think you're we're ready to fight. Yeah. Yeah. So we figure these things out. And as you figure them out, you start to look at the stories and the people. But you also look at the stories behind the scenes of stuff. And, and um, you know, there were so many people. Dr. Joe was there on a Saturday night, um, on Friday night, Joe uh, Wackerly. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the Chiefs. Yeah, sure he was. And then we tell he the story. He started develop the new helmet and everything right. else. Well, and he yeah. was the one, Tried. Dr. Joe okay. was the one that saved all the people's lives. Yes, at the Skywalks. At the, at the Skywalks. Mm-hmm. And there exactly he was. So right. had to see Joe there, and I've known him for years, but to see him at that glory in front of Union Station for a moment was worth everything in my life. To see Lee Darrow there watching mm-hmm. that for somebody that did, that's all it's about. It's those memories that you'll never forget. And 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 that's what happened to Kansas City. And that's how we got to where we are today. Yeah. Treating people the way they want to be treated, but never forget what they did for you. Okay. What are you going to do now for, for an encore? I don't know. You got Barbie. Come on. <laughs> we're, we're that's not, right. You we're, got we're Barbie, not, don't you? No, we got Barbie. And uh, she's, she'll be here this week. Don't miss her. Uh, we're, we're not done. Um, we've got a lot of things on the fire. Yeah. And uh, I'm getting old. I'm 63. Yeah. But oh, yeah. I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't want to give up this opportunity in the world. But um, we, you never know what's going to throw at you. Yeah, you and, know, and it, you got the World Cup. You got the coming, World Cup coming. You know, in and uh, yeah. you know, you, you, this city has an opportunity to be proud. And um, this is, you know, we've got we got challenges, but we'll address those challenges like we addressed everything else. That's right. But we should be proud. And in 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 this Kansas City has the image, has a bad self image, because we don't think of ourselves as something special. We always have to have somebody else tell us about it. Everybody brings guests in to show them now Union Station because they're proud of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always would say, if we're on the New York Times front cover, then everybody in Kansas City thinks we're successful. Not because of that, just somebody else said you were. Yeah. And that was the gig. And this was the biggest one for 54 million people said, Kansas City's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, I-, I think we're on an upturn. No more, no more brain drain. Uh, it'll be a brain gain. We're not going to lose those kids to go somewhere else. They're going to come here. And the numbers are growing of kids looking at searching after college at unions at Kansas City. And that is a big deal. Yeah. So we're going to start seeing those individuals. It won't just be from the small towns that we've been so successful for the agrarian yeah. values. Now we're looking at everybody and saying, okay, oh, so I can live at uh, in, in a hotel, in a really great one-bedroom apartment for Thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars, and let's see. In, in New York, it's it's five thousand. I have three people. My daughter lives in Manhattan, right? And, right? and we have to be on different shifts because we all share bedrooms, right? And yeah. only one bathroom. <laughs> yeah, one bathroom. Uh, you know, that's what <laughs> Friends is all about. But yeah, so that's what's happened to Kansas City. And now the thing that makes Union Station special, it's Kansas City's home for everyone. And if you would have said fifteen years ago you're going to do an exhibition at Union Station 
on the Holocaust and Auschwitz, and 350,000 people are going to come from five countries and 50 states, they'd say, no, you need to go back to your intravenous drug use uh, program (laughs) that you just got out of. And that's what we did. That was before the draft. We had 350,000 people that came to see Auschwitz, more than the 316,000 that showed up for the NFL draft. Wow. So think about that. And um, there are more. Then we came up with Maya for our diverse community. So diversity, equity, and inclusion that everybody talks about in Kansas City, we don't have a statement. We live it. And that's vitally important. So everyone sees this is their home. And they feel welcome. And when they open up those brawn doors, they say, this is my house. I feel welcome. And that's important. So we'll see what happens. We've got a long uh, way to go. This is the reason have you in here. It's the reason we decided to do this. This about, is a, it was really fun talking about it. There's just something about Kansas City. There really is, and right. you shouldn't have that chip on your shoulder or wait for somebody else yeah. to tell you you have a great city. Yeah. You have a great city because it's the people, places, and things that just make it what it is, just like right. Union Station. It's so. the people. It Think is. about all the men and That's women right. that you worked with on the station right. for all, and all the interviews and all the players, you know, and the Derek Thomas, all the situations that happened. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's it's up here, it. and it's in the memory, and the memory then goes to your heart. And it just happens to be a city that we have those memories in. Thanks for coming in. Oh, this is really fun. It. This was good. All right. all right. Thank you, my friend. Thank it's you. a pleasure. Thanks, George. Thank you so great. much. George Guastello, president and CEO of wonderful Union Station, one of our landmark historic buildings. It is probably the picture of this city right now. So good. that's it. Thanks, George. Thank you so much. Thank you.